sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. This week, we do... Werewolves! Werewolves! They come to eat your babies. We... Ooh, I didn't see that movie. We saw The Wolfman from 1941 versus An American Werewolf in London from 1981. So there you go. 40-year difference there. And uh, we will start with, I guess... The Wolfman. Not one word, as I always thought. Two, Two words. words. Well, three if you count the. Yeah, the wolf Whoa. is one word. And then man. I have never seen this before. Have you seen it? Nope, never have. I mean, possibly when I was a kid. But if I did, I don't remember it at all. It had a surprise for a monster movie. I don't know if they all had cast this good, but Claude Rains and, and Ralph Bellamy, I would not have expected to see in a monster movie. Yeah. And so wait, which one, I, I get them confused. Which one's Claude Rains? Is he, is he the Wolfman? No, Claude Rains is the father of the, the father. Wolfman. And Ralph Bellamy is the police chief. Um, the Wolfman was played by Lon Chaney Jr. Oh, that was him. Yeah. So the, it was weird to me because Claude Rains was supposed to be his father yeah, and Long was... Chaney Jr. looked older than Claude <laughs> Rains. Was, and I looked it up afterwards to see if I was an idiot, but no, there's like a six-year difference between the two. Wow. Although, to be fair, Claude Rains was born in 18... 18- oh, no, you know what? I'm wrong. He was much older. Claude Rains was born in 1889 and Lon Chaney Jr. was born in... One second. 1906. So it's not, it actually is conceivable. Yeah. But they're, they did not, they did not age up Claude Rain. Claude Rain looked much younger than Lon Chaney Jr. Yes. <laughs> or at least the same age. So that's, what, what's that? 1889, 1906 is a. 17. 17, a young dad. But yeah, he didn't look that, <laughs> that different. <laughs> Man. And so. Especially considering that Lon Chaney Jr. was the younger brother. Larry Talbot's older, well, yeah, Larry Talbot's older brother had died, and that's why he came back to the estate. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So it it really doesn't make a lot of sense, but I don't know. Who cares? That's yeah. I, I it it struck me in the beginning, and then after that, it was just like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> what struck me was that uh, Lon Chaney Jr. was a uh, super creepy motherfucker. Oh man, yeah. Even before he had superpower, yeah. He's uh, like, Wolf- wolf powers he's stalking women across town and then not only is he stalking them but he's going to talk to them and telling them how closely he stalked them yeah he like watching her through a telescope and then so he goes to her antique shop this woman and uh and tells her he wants the earrings he saw sitting on her table what like what the fuck dude <laughs> and she is engaged which i didn't understand why that was part of the story it didn't seem to add much to it no, it didn't. It was a weird addition. I guess it's, you always want to love Triangle. And I was shocked that he she was engaged to someone we hadn't already met because I assumed that she was going to be engaged to Ralph Bellamy. I assumed she was going to be engaged to uh, Lon Chaney Jr.'s father. Why wow. He's, he looks younger and better than Lon Chaney Jr. <laughs> uh, 
yeah no it, it was it was weird that yeah that was super creepy he fessed up to it eventually yeah yeah it was but it, it was weird yeah she didn't seem nearly as put off as i would have imagined but uh so well, both movies like as far as plot story wise they're basically the same yeah yeah very uh, very similar at least this one had a the, the the reason the person was in the area was different, but other than that, very similar. Um, but I thought I was surprised by how pleasant, like not pleasant, how how fun this movie turned out to be. Because in the middle it was kind of a slog, but it, it it picked up. Yeah, once he. Well, so. The, yeah, okay. Also, I there's all, another surprise to me was he came back because his brother died in a hunting accident, and for the entire movie, well, not the entire movie, but. A long stretch. I assumed the hunting accident was the brother was also a werewolf and it ran in the family. But nope, that was a red herring. Yep, had nothing to do with anything. Nope. As usual, the the werewolfism was the cause of the dirty gypsies. Ooh. Hey, I'm just going with how the Times viewed them. The New York Times, I mean. Uh, yeah. So I was a little befuzzled because. So the original werewolf in this... All right, well, we'll, let's get down to the plot. He returns home because his brother died, uh, tries to get laid with this chick in the antique store, and they go out to um, some gypsies, or Romany, uh, to get their fortunes read, uh, which is one of the best most melodramatic scenes ever. Yes. Um, yes. With the, with, uh, the Bella Lugosi, who played a character named Bella. <laughs> yes. Is this, is that the scene you're talking about where he, he sees that he's, the, the pentagram is on the, the fortune teller. Yes. And, and I mean, Bella Lugosi is just kind of, he's pretty, uh, deadpan creepy, but the woman's reaction was also yeah. just amazing. So over the top, like she doesn't even know what he sees because he won't tell her, but she starts screaming and freaking out. Um, and anyway, uh, and and Lon Chaney Jr. Um, uh, accompanies her and the the woman from the antique shop there, and uh, she ends up, the woman who gets her fortune read that is bad uh, ends up getting attacked by a wolf, a werewolf. And yeah. Lon Chaney goes to beat it off and gets bitten, and that's how he gets the werewolf curse. And, but this is the part where I was a little confused. So that wolf, that was Lon Chaney Jr. Was the were the original werewolf? No, right? no, no. The, the oh. original werewolf is Bella. Sorry, Bella. That's what I meant. Bella. God damn. Yeah. So actors are confusing me. So uh, Lon Chaney Jr. takes the the stick that he bought from the antique store that has a werewolf symbol on it and a wolf, but it, and it happens to be made out of silver, and beats the wolf with it. But he beats the wolf to death with it, and in the fight he gets bitten, and as he crawls away, almost dying, the the werewolf that he killed turns back into human form of Bella. Yeah. So when the police come to check on Jenny, who was, who was uh, her throat was snapped by the werewolf they find a barefooted uh romani who's been killed by a sharp object right and and everybody's like what you killed a man that wasn't a wolf right right um anyway and then hilarity ensues but my question is like if you're the dude reading the fortune and you know you're the werewolf why not just 
help avoid her fate by like tying yourself up at night. Well, as you you saw uh, previously, he was able to escape his tied up state when he was a werewolf. So maybe Bella tried the same thing and it didn't work. That's true. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. What, let me see. What else? What are other salient points? That w- well, <clears throat> like I said, I really didn't understand the whole love triangle thing. Um, there didn't seem to be, it didn't seem to pay off in any way. Uh, and at first I thought she was lying about being engaged just because he was so creepy, but no, she (laughs) was actually engaged. Yep. But she fell in love pretty, pretty quickly with, with, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. for reasons unknown. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a running theme of that in both movies that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, I mean... He wasn't charming. He was more like oily than charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense, but uh, it would have made more sense had she not been engaged. Anyway, they go to a uh, they go to a like county fair type thing too, and and they're like shooting at uh, targets, which are like little metal animals, and a wolf comes up, and and Lon Chaney Jr. can't shoot the wolf, and that's and what I'm, you is, know. Does that mean? Is that because he's also a wolf, or is that because he's getting PTSD from fighting a wolf? This we'll never know. Little column A, little column B. Um, but and the, the first time that Lon Chaney Jr. or well, what's his name? Oh, Larry Talbot, which is such a. I think I've heard that name in a joke, and I never understood the joke. But people explained to me, I never remember. But it's such a, such a like a weird name for a. <laughs> first an of actor? all, for, for no, well, that's not the actor's name for a, a character that ends up being like the. I don't know. It's first of all, it's a weird name for like, it looked like he's an English Lord. Yeah. He's some kind of, and his son's name's Larry. It's just Larry Talbot. Yeah. But anyway, Larry Talbot is meets the gameskeeper who is the, the, his love interest fiance at, at, in her house. And he's walking his dog and the dog's going crazy growling at him. Yeah. Cause the dog knows the dog can see things that people can't. Yeah. The dogs always know. That he's a stalker. So if you, if like some dog starts barking at you on the street while you're walking, that means you're a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Get it checked out. I think they have a shot for it now. They have a pendant that for some reason Larry Tabbitt refused to wear. That he just gave away. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to protect you and it did not do a good job protecting her. No. Well, she lived, I guess, but. Mm, not because he stopped because his father got yeah. involved. We're jumping ahead. In the We're plot. jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he he does turn into a werewolf, but here's the weird thing. So when uh, Bella Lugosi was a werewolf, he looked like an actual wolf. Yeah, that is that is very weird. And then yeah, Lon Chaney Jr. looked like the wolf man that you think of. Uh, well, I guess the explanation for that is over time you become more and more wolf-like, and Bella Lugosi has been a wolf man for most of his life. Yeah, millennia, most likely. Um. Yeah, that was weird. The uh, the special effects. I mean, I guess both movies had had changing into a werewolf special effects. This one was just basically like time lapse photography. Yeah, but you don't even see his face change. It's just his legs. Nope. Yep, just his legs and feet. Um, a weird choice by the director, but maybe just easier to film. I guess. I'm guessing that the maybe they tried the face and they're like, yeah, this doesn't look good. Let's let's just stay down here. Yeah, because I think. Was it uh, later on in the fifties? Right, I was a teenage werewolf. Was that Michael, the Michael Landon one? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing 
that and his face did change they did the same like kind of time lapse thing with it yeah and there's a few other Lon Chaney Jr. movies where he plays the Wolfman. Maybe they do it in those movies. I really don't know. Oh, are it's there? interesting. Oh yeah, I think there's four, four or five of of the like Universal Wolfman movies where he's ones with Frankenstein, ones with Dracula, that that kind of thing. Ones with they're... Abbott and Costello. Yeah, I think he's in that one too, I... playing the Wolfman. Yeah. <laughs> um, weird that he would keep playing it after the denouement of this movie, but yeah, I, I guess think it was. They... Different universes, yeah. I don't. Is werewolf like are werewolves something from like old mythology? Is that some like old like folk tales and stuff? I guess so. I think yeah, like Eastern European folk tales. Okay, but most the most of our thoughts on like on werewolf mythology come from this movie, like the Silver Bullet. Yeah, I think they made that up for sure. They made up that poem, which part of it got changed in, in later interpretations of werewolves, where it's like. Oh, it was. Let me look up the exact poem. But the this movie has nothing to do with the full moon. And that the even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. In this movie, it's just during autumn and when the when the wolf wolfbane is blooming. But in other movies, they actually talk about being a full moon. Yeah. So it's just interesting how the different interpretations have come, but from this movie, not from legend. Did they make up that poem for this movie? I didn't know that. I yep. Um. I mean, it was weird that it was a poem that everybody seemed to know. Uh, what, what, I, what town, what, what country do you think this, this was set in? I didn't think I looked that up or put it together watching it. Was it like Scotland or? It had something? to be Scotland or or uh, somewhere in Great Britain, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, it's Wales. It, it was, I guess, mentioned at some point. Lean Welly, Wales. Because they did talk about pounds, so I thought it was somewhere in the, the Commonwealth or whatever they call Britain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think they call it nowadays uh, the cheese stands alone. Not yet. The great cheese stands alone, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, so so Lon Chaney turns into a werewolf, and he uh, goes out and attacks some people. Yeah, he, he kills the gravesmen. I think that's all. He doesn't kill them. Yeah, I guess else, it's just one, one kill. Yeah. Um, I mean... Yeah, I think they'd be able to forgive one. It's just a, yeah. just a grave, grave digger. digger. Yeah. Who cares? But no, everybody's all up in arms. I thought the the movie the this movie's music was fantastic. Oh yeah, the I, movie was really good. Um, I thought this. I was I mean, really the surprised this how like almost modern it sounded. It was it was. I mean, I guess not modern, but it was it was like it. They did a good job. There's themes for different characters. I was just, I was very impressed by that. Because again, because I'm thinking monster movies are kind of schlocky, but it really wasn't schlocky at all. No, it wasn't. I mean, except for the uh, the woman's overreaction in the yeah in the and fortune the, telling, which was great. Just because the was opening so... the opening scene where he's in that car with the chauffeur and the special effects of the car driving were so bad, and the way he sat in the car was just the, uh, in a way that no human would ever sit in a car. Yes. And w- when that opening scene came on, um, I and then it it was quickly over. I I was thinking there was no need for that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, there was literally no need for it. He could have just shown up at the house and uh, the scene where he went to the church for the funeral too. Yeah, I liked. I didn't. I mean, everybody was turning to look at because there was like there were rumors going around the town like people didn't start dying until he showed up. So 
I couldn't tell though if he was because he turned around and left. If it was just because of like the people staring at him, or if he felt like some kind of some kind of spiritual. I shouldn't be here in this church because I'm a wolf. Like if that hit him, like oh, same I with don't the. Know. I thought it was the people staring yeah, at him, but I, I it probably put that was. interpretation out there, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so, yeah, he kills somebody. They, of course, form a mob. That's what that's what the Europeans do in times of strife. But this mob was a little more controlled than normal monster movie mobs. It was just a few guys with guns. Yeah, yeah, no uh, pitchforks and, mm-hmm. and torches. There were some pitchforks, but they were, they were more used to get light. Yeah, I'm sorry. There, there were torches, not pitchforks. There right. were torches, but they're used just to get light. Um, I mean, it would be cool if they used pitchforks to get light. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, poke a hole in the sun and let the light through. Yeah. Too bad it was. Too bad it was the nighttime. Um. Uh, yeah. So they. they well, the for- sun's still up there, you know. At night, the moon is just is the moon is just the sun with dimmed. Uh, I don't know if physics agrees with that. I, I, think, I don't think physics has anything to say about the no. truth. The sun, the sun goes down. That means it goes into a wormhole and uh, plops out somewhere. Wait, you just said away. it yourself. The sun goes down. It dims. Well, I mean, this is something that we'll never fully know for sure. Understand, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they form a, a mob and. Uh, in the in the final irony, it's uh, Lon Chaney's father who ends up killing him. When when with the weapon given to him by Lon Chaney. By yes, by his very son. Uh, when Lon Chaney attacks the woman mm-hmm. that he's in love with, and has somehow fallen in love with him. As the Wolfman, he's doing the attacking. Yes, exactly. I mean. It wouldn't be out of character for him to do it, not as the Wolfman either, but uh, yeah, ends up killing his son, and then he turns into a man, and then everybody finally understands the Wolfman was real. No, they don't. Didn't you hear him at the end? No. No, what did I miss at the end? The police captain's like, I see what happened. The wolf wolf attacked uh jenny and your son came to to save him and that's how he died how the fuck did i miss that that's the exact line that the captain says but but lon cheney's dad knew lon cheney's dad did know and jenny knew he knew that's that's why he uttered that um famous film line i love my dead gay son (laughs) killed his own son so kind of tragic um luckily she still had her fiance for all we know. So, you know, no big oh, loss. Well, there. We know they had a big hug at the end. So yeah, she sure did. Yeah. Um, she, so she got over it. She'll, she'll be fine. Um, I feel like she knew too, though, right? She knew that he yeah. was the wolf man. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the police captain was just, just like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do paperwork on this. I can't be inserting yeah, make, werewolves and shit. Let's, let's make it make a little bit of sense here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I yeah, enjoyed no, it. It was fun. Did you like it? Yeah. It was short, and I think these kind of movies should be short. They have to be short, yeah. I've, we'll discuss it in the next one. That you don't need the filler for this kind of thing. Yeah. But not, uh, like you said, not schlocky like I expected from, like, you think of for the Universal Monster movies. Yeah, and I guess maybe that's my own fault, because I've never seen any of the Universal Monster movies. 
Oh, I might have seen Frankenstein. That's, I guess, I, not schlocky either. But I kind of confused it with Young Frankenstein, so maybe I didn't. Yeah, I've definitely seen Frankenstein. I've seen some of them, um, but it's been so long, I know, I don't remember. The, I mean, the only thing really that you could say is schlocky about this is is like the sets where but that's yeah. that's just a 40s thing really yeah it's it's the limitation of the of the craft yeah. $180,000 is how much this movie costs to make when in today's dollars is around $3 million damn would be cheap for, today yeah I was going to say for for today even that's a inexpensive picture yeah of I think that's before unions ruined the film industry communists uh, I think it's I think it's worth watching. Like it's it's yeah. fun enough, and it it goes by quickly. It's fun both like on purpose in some ways, but also in ways that like we talked about, you can laugh at it. Yeah, and I don't think either of them overwhelm it. It's just it's a it's a neat little Halloween movie. Yeah, go check it out. Nineteen forty one's The Wolf Man. No, The Wolf Man. Um, all right, you want the take wolf, a... the wolf comma man, the wolf man. Yeah, I think so. Should have an exclamation point at the end too, but they they were too dumb to do it. Um, well, exclamation points weren't created till forty five, I believe, when the war started. You might be correct. Yeah, because yeah. the headlines were like the worst ending. Yeah, exclamation point, uh, soldier, uh, or or not really soldier, a uh, navy man. What is that? A sailor, sailor, uh, sexually assaulting a woman on Fifth Avenue big picture uh let's take a quick break we'll be right back with an american werewolf in london we had a comrade a brave comrade he could talk for whole days but then he tried to be a hero Try talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. Oh. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation, transubstantiation, Brian Stucker's creation, the land of the Thracians, and right back to the stars. All right, we're back with An American Werewolf in London from 1981, starring uh, Mr. Dr. Pepper, David Naughton, also star of the hit ABC sitcom Making It. I don't know if it was a hit. Don't know if it was on ABC. Don't know what it is. Did was it good? watch it. Uh, no, it was, it was terrible. I mean, you know, it was nine a... episodes, 1979. So making it came before American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Slightly. And it was ABC. I don't. It was know. a. It was. It was from the Happy Days guys. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it did have a theme song that was a hit on the radio that, that he that sang. He sang. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I have no memory of this. Well, it's too little, and they didn't rerun. They re ran a lot of crap, but this is not one of the no, crappy things they rerun. They yeah, they didn't rerun nine episodes shows back then. Um, did you watch Boardwalk Empire? I did not finish. I didn't. We didn't watch the last season, but I watched you, all the rest. Do you remember a character named Johnny Torrio? Ah, uh, no. I mean, no. It doesn't stick out. But uh, okay. Well, he was he was in making it. The, the actor who played that character. 
Oh, I'll have to check it out. I mean, not that I really remember making it beyond the song. No, I was, it's funny that they're, I was just clicking on the names. Anyway, back yeah. to American Wolf, Werewolf in London. That also had, surprising to me, Griffin Dunn in the small role. Small oh. role, but he did a really good job with it, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David Naughton was fine. I mean, he did what he was there to do, I guess. So, I I have a memory of going to see this with my dad when it came out, so I would have been six or seven years old. And watching the movie makes me feel like that's not true at all. I mean, and, I, watching it now, I would kind of hope not. because I don't know, but we went to see. We might have left early because we went to see the movie because I really wanted to see it because, as you mentioned, it was a Dr. Pepper guy. And I was like, I love that commercial. Now he's in a movie, I want to see it. <laughs> I remember thinking that. And, um, yeah, I reason I, I was sure I saw it because I had – this memory in my head that we went to see the movie and there's a scene in the movie where the, the werewolf jumps into a, a hotel and there's a woman with big boobs that jumps up and you can see her breasts. And I had that memory locked in and I was watching this movie waiting for it. It never happened. So it did not like, oh, happen. No, maybe, maybe, maybe I can, fl- I don't know. Cause there was nudity in the movie and I, I have no idea. I, I really don't know. You might but, be thinking yeah. of the howling or perhaps Porky's. Uh, it was not Porky's. Cause I'm Same here. Um, yeah, so in this one, they're in Scotland. Uh, sorry to do my Iranian accent. That was rude. I thought they were the in England. People. Where, oh, yeah, I, I, you're right. Well, they did take him to London. You're right. At first, I don't know why I thought it was Scotland. I think it was the accents of the people the in the pub. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the Moors. So I guess, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. But these... Oh, and the reason the reason we did this movie was you suggested this and something else, and I want to do this in the remake of this, which turns out does not exist. No, this was all I... in Pat's mind that there was a remake of this no, movie. No, well, I looked it up, and it was it was in Max Landis's hands to make it since his father directed this, which I also didn't realize, and he kind of got canceled. So I don't think that's ever going to happen. Good, yeah. Um, well, so this one we'll give the basic plot, which is. Similar enough to yeah. to the Wolfman, uh, these two these two dudes are Americans are backpacking through Europe, um, and same thing attacked by a wolf. Uh, so David Naughton becomes a werewolf, and again hilarity ensues. Um, Wait, listen to this bull development do you, do you want to hear about how john lance claims he came up with the idea for a movie that's basically a copy of the wolfman yes i, I don't do mind it's just being a copy but this is so john landis came up with the story while he worked in yugoslavia as a production assistant on the film kelly's heroes he and the yugoslav member of the crew were driving in the back of a car on location when they came across a group of gypsies the gypsies appeared to be performing rituals on a man being buried so they would not rise from the grave this mean Landis realized he would never be able to confront the undead and gave him the idea for a film in which a man would go through the same thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> like father, like son, you're both stupid idiots. But, uh, so this movie, I feel like I loved when I was a kid. Like, I, it was a, I was 11 when this came out. So um, I thought it was cool. But watching it, the plot is pretty bare bones just like the other one um it's mostly just about special effects magic yeah rick baker famous yeah i don't know if this is is his first big movie or what but that was pretty cool i it's definitely impressive for 1981 and um 
they use the same dude for the thriller video, which is basically just this. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's the exact same effects two years later. Uh, anyway, but what did you think of the movie overall watching it? Uh, it, it was hard to figure out what the tone was. Yeah. It was like switching from funny to super horrific. And like, I don't mean like horrific in horror movies, but like these like really, really uh, gory scenes. And I don't know. Yeah. So, extremely gory. Weird. The, the comedic elements. Yeah. Were seemed a bit out of place. Although I guess, you know, the thinking probably was, well, we're going to have all this horrific shit. Let's throw in some comedy to lighten it. Um, right, but it didn't seem to fit. And no. Like they had it, and it wasn't just regular. It was like they had little kids being burned in the background of scenes. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they There were, in t like, his dream sequences, They which they obviously did because it served no purpose but to show off special effects again, I guess, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, where they had these, like, Nazi zombies coming in and, like, killing his whole family and then... Mm -hmm. And then they do the thing where he wakes up screaming and then a Nazi zombie busts in through the window. So it's like a dream <laughs> within a dream, Yeah. which nobody has ever had in real life, as far as I can tell. No, uh, I've had dreams within dreams. I mean, not to this extent, but I've woken up and thought I was awake and wasn't. Oh, really? Yeah. So you didn't really wake up. Right. I woke so, up in a dream into another dream. Um, yeah, yeah. It's never like this, though. Um, no, well... Unfortunately, it would be great to have some Nazi zombie dreams. I would not want a nightmare that bad. Uh, but, I mean, that's why I was saying, like, if you saw this when you were six or seven, that's like some serious nightmare fuel right there, watching a dude and his family get murdered. Yeah, I can't, I don't know. I know we went, I, I know we went to see this movie, but I think we must have left early or I just blocked it out. I really don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so. It, oh, in the same time, like, watch, there's long stretches of really boring long yeah. stretches of boring parts so i would have been bored out of my mind as well as the horror parts yeah well the the scenes you're talking about are like the well let's call them romantic scenes when really all it is is sex scenes right well um, even before that in the hospital where the the discussion between the doctor and the nurse and the nurse and the, and the whatever his name is the inspector and oh that too oh yeah that comedy relief yeah uh well so they go they go to this pub and Everybody's like with, can I mention Rick from the young ones is one of the members of the pub. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, and all these, you know, it's, it's a really, really tiny village and, and everybody's like looking at these strangers askance and, or askew. I never remember which is the correct, uh, but I don't really know why, like, and they, they're telling them stay away from the moors, you know, stay, stay on the roads. They've got a pentagram up on the wall, just like the Wolfman. Yeah. The pentagram. Um, so before seeing these movies, I didn't realize that the pentagram had anything to do with being a werewolf. Yeah. Me either. I just thought it was like a rush symbol. Um, the, yeah. So John Landis, obviously, you know, he got this idea from seeing a gypsy, uh, ceremony and, and did not ever watch the wolfman to get the pentagram and everything um <laughs> yeah and they're warning them you know stay to the roads 
And when they leave, they're like, why didn't we just let him stay here? And I was like, yeah, why didn't you? I mean, I, I get they don't want to tell them like there's werewolves out there because these Americans will think they're crazy. But they did kind of they did kind of send them to their doom. Uh, yeah, there, there was no explanation why. They, just because he asked about the pentagram, they went crazy and kicked him out of the bar because he made the guy miss a dart shot. Yeah. Well, darts is serious business in, I guess so. in those pubs. Um, I think they televised that shit in Britain. They, they. I had a friend who just came back from a, a friend of the show. She's been on the show. Came back from a trip to Ireland, and they said they watched, they watched professional darts in quite a few pubs in Ireland. Oh man, come on, get, get into the modern world. You can play darts on your cell phone now, people. Um. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they go out. They obviously end up on the moors. Uh, because they're dumb, and <laughs> get attacked by a giant wolf, uh, totally rips apart Griffin Dunn's neck and face, and uh, David Naughton runs away. And then runs back to save him. Yeah, after he's been killed. Yeah. Uh, but he also, then he gets attacked by the wolf, only slightly though, he gets like a scratch. And uh, then the villagers show up and shoot the the werewolf, uh, who also turns into a man. We see David Naughton sees that as he's like passing out. Which begs the question, why did they not just go out and shoot that fucking werewolf in the first place before anybody went out there and then everything's well, I think, good? I think because that dude was probably a friend of theirs and they're like, just let him run around. He won't bother anybody. Yeah, we'll that about could be. The next full moon. Yeah. They're like, let's, let, let's, let's just let Shane have his fun out there. Hmm. So anyway, uh, they take him to the hospital in London, uh, where he wakes up, and that's basically the story. He becomes a werewolf. Uh, oh, but we yeah we got to get to the quote unquote love story with the nurse, which uh, again there was no chemistry there really. There was no reason for her to. No, I mean, they never even barely... Oh, he she fed him when right. he refused to eat, but they barely talked to... The only, really, he had more chemistry with the, the other nurse who checked on his junk. Yeah, I think so. Um, the the nurse he falls in love with, played by... I never know how to say her name. Jenny Agutter? Agutter? What is know. she more but famous for? She was in... Well, I don't know, but I know she was in uh, Walkabout, which was uh, an earlier film in the 70s, which is is worth watching uh but that's what i knew her from anyway yeah th that's it she feeds him and then it's straight to the boudoir and yes she takes him home and he's like you only have one bed where am i supposed to sleep and she's like this is uh 1981 not 1932 dude so yeah so they get it on and as far as i know that's all they really do they don't have any deep talks or anything, so I don't I don't see the the actual romance there. But um, yeah, then he goes out on a killing spree and wakes up in the zoo in the wolf pen. I've actually never seen wolves in a zoo, but I guess they <laughs> do that in London. Um, he's naked, so he he steals some balloons from a little boy in the park. This is the comedy part to cover up his junk. And, and then he steals an old lady's jacket. Yes, off the bench. Um, 
anyway, yeah. Wah, wah. But Griffin Dunn also keeps showing up uh, undead and in in escalating states of decay. Right, yeah. Uh, and tells him, like... Which doesn't make sense, because the he when he was killed, he was in much worse decay than when he showed up the first time. Yeah, well, you know, they. I'm sure they have some... Uh, some cosmetics people in the in purgatory that help you out a bit. Mm, good point. I would imagine that's where all cosmetics people go straight to purgatory when they die. But he explains that like people who have been killed by a werewolf are forced to wander the earth until that werewolf is killed. So, but that's why I don't. So not just that werewolf, but the werewolf that comes after that werewolf, because Griffin Dunn was not killed by David Naughton. Right. That's true. Um, so. Shouldn't there have been like a whole series of werewolves before him? I mean, of, of corpses from before him? Yeah, that does. That actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't make any sense that <laughs> Griffin Dunn is wandering around because the werewolf that attacked him was killed. Mm hmm. Anyway. But he said the progeny of that until the last. But that's what oh, I'm until saying. the last where Yeah, so there should have been like millions Hundreds of, of people. Yeah, dead. Well, walking around um but anyway the yes yeah, so the last time uh they meet it's in a porno theater in london and griffin dunn introduces him to the other people he's killed as the werewolf um and they're they're just like urging him to kill himself which he considers for about one second and then doesn't do it um goes back with uh his girlfriend tells her he thinks she's he's a werewolf or alludes to I don't I don't know if he actually says that or if he I can't remember if he just says I think I've done some bad things I remember that I think yeah something like that but um, the doctor knows something weird is going on and he's like get him over here Oh yeah the doctor goes to interview the people at the pub uh who give him also no information not very helpful with the whole mm -mm. werewolf thing those people at the pub no reason at this point for them to be reticent no, they they've gotten rid of their problem basically. Um, yeah, so he knows something's up. She she knows something's up. So uh, in the final scene, he becomes a werewolf. She tries to approach him, and she's like David, trying to appeal to his humanity, and then he lunges at her and is shot by the police. I can't even remember. I guess yeah. it's a, yeah, yeah, the a police. They're, they're such crack shots, they're able to shoot around her right to the wolf. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what you get. That's why Scotland Yard is famous. Mm -hmm. um, but they not, were in London, not Scotland. Not for solving crimes. Good good work on Jack the Ripper, idiots. Yeah, it's their, it's their shooting prowess. Uh, yeah, so he, he is killed, much like the first movie, dies in front of his girlfriend who he either attacked or was about to attack depending on but the not killed by his father and he's that, actually american yeah. he just didn't spend 18 years in america like lon Chaney jr's character yeah exactly i wonder if they added that wrinkle to the the, the wolf man because they heard him try a british accent and they're like yeah let's uh let's let's have him be in america yeah i, I would imagine so <laughs> um yeah uh and then the the end very quickly, the end. But yeah, I, I, what I was saying before is that th this had a lot of filler in it that it really didn't need. 
it was like an hour too long. Well, because the plot, such as it is, is like I said, it's so threadbare. You gotta, you know, you gotta pat right. it out. But in the in the Wolfman, they didn't pat it out, and it was a nice seventy minute movie that that went along thusly. And this one was an like an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes. Yeah, a lot of stuff they could have excised without any problems with the plot. Well, I think one of the well, the major problem with this movie was trying to shoehorn that love story in there that just didn't work. Like, they they could have done a lot of things to make that more believable, and maybe it would have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they just didn't. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think this was really, like, let's show off the state-of-the-art special effects we yeah, have, and yeah. that's going to be the draw of this movie, which was impressive, as we said. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it's fine. I mean, I think, yeah, I think fine. it's worth seeing for the for the effects and and. Uh, and it's definitely more else. modern than the Wolfman. It's it's not black and white. Yeah. It's color. It's a little bit slower than a modern movie, but not by much. Got actual boobs in this one, if you know that. Yep. thing. I mean, of course, the Wolfman had Lon Chaney Jr., who was a boob, but. But yep. not the boobs I was expecting. No. I want to know what that movie is and where I got that memory from. I uh, yeah, I don't either. I I don't think i've seen many like werewolf movies other than this oh it might now that i've seen this it might not have been it was just someone surprising a woman and her being naked and then covering up after being surprised so animal house (laughs) no it was very specifically in a motel room oh man i mean if you're talking about the 80s that could be one of hundreds no i think it must have been a monster thing because it must have been some kind of like horror parody movie i'll have to look into it like a horror because i've I'm pretty sure the thing that happened that made her scared was a monster jumped into the into the room. Scary movie? Yeah, I think it was that. I saw that when I was eight. There you go. Um, all that smoking stunted your growth and development. I don't even know what that means. So, um, what do you, I don't know. What do you say? Yay or nay? Watch this one? Oh, yeah. Watch it. Just I, I, If I was going to choose between the two, I'd, I'd watch The Wolfman. I might choose this one just because, uh, not because it's more modern. Well, because the sensibility I think is more modern. I think is yeah, is more definitely what it is. is. Um, yeah. So I, I related to it more though. There was nothing, as we said before, as great as the woman's overreaction and the, mm-hmm. the fortune telling thing in this movie. Like, they they could have added some of that to this if they really wanted humor because the humor wasn't really funny in this no and they have a weird cameo with frank i guess it wasn't a cameo but frank oz seeing frank oz in the movie yes. and then a little bit later seeing frank oz playing miss piggy in the same movie was a little funny yeah that yeah that's true and i wonder if well frank yeah never mind i'm not gonna go into it uh what no i want to hear no i i was like when i was think, seeing those and maybe it was because the muppet show was on tv when it happened when those nazi uh zombies came in i was like i wonder if those are frank oz creations but no i don't think so no i didn't have his look i don't think he created a lot of stuff anyway he was just he just was the puppeteer he didn't create he wasn't right right yeah Um, no i think that's all rick baker all right so there you go it's uh it's our halloween episode we uh timely for us extremely yeah uh now i guess we can talk about Hamilton, which you finally saw. Yeah, or is that going to be your recommendation, Asian Asian? 
I wasn't planning on it. I've already recommended Hamilton plenty of times without okay. having seen it live. Yeah. And I think you recommend seeing it live, didn't you? Yes. And and I don't mean to be, you know, uh, an asshole like oh, go spend hundreds of dollars on this thing to people who can't afford it. But um, you know, we there are ways to see it cheap, and if you can, I would recommend you do it. Yeah, if it's in your town, do the lottery thing. Although they are talking, I I heard an interview with Lin Manuel Miranda that it is going to come. First, there's going to be a like a like a a special or something on PBS or something. I don't know if it's going to be on PBS. I think oh. they're going to send it to theaters. They're going to send it to theaters where they had a, a record, like a they recorded the one of the last productions of the original cast. Like they they filmed it. So that's going to go to theaters eventually. So that's one way to see it. And then I almost certainly they're going to make a movie out of it at some point. It's amazing to me that it's been out five years and there's still like young kids that are deep into it. Like, so it's picking up new generations. It's not really, it's not slowing down. Yeah. Well, I, I think I mentioned it when we talked about it before, like it's so crazy because on paper, nothing about it makes any sense. And then when you see it, it's like, Oh yeah, no, this is fucking awesome. You don't even think about all the things that don't make sense about it is just great. Well, I I think I heard it before I saw any, like a write up of it, so I never really thought about it not making sense. So I don't I don't think I think about it that way. Like, are you saying it doesn't make sense to make a a musical about that time with with rap in it, or like, what do you mean doesn't make sense? Yeah, well, like your number one, you're writing about a musical about goddamn Alexander Hamilton, which sounds like it should die after one. <laughs> showing like just based on the general public's interest and shit and that you uh switch the races and stuff like you know it, it seems like it could be gimmicky except it's not it like totally yeah. works yeah i hear what you're saying yeah um and they have the they have the like the revolving stage thing in your production mm-hmm. i assume yeah that was which was really, really cool. cool yeah yeah the whole the whole stage the set was awesome was yeah awesome it's like they're the choreography and everything is just, yeah, I was, it was amazingly good. And like I said, I mean, it's been playing here for, got here in August. It's playing here for three months and still selling out. So it's, Oh yeah. It's, it's still selling out. I imagine it's selling out everywhere still. Yeah. It's just, I, I think when it first came here, I thought it would sell out immediately. I was like, Oh, I guess it died down. It's not, but it's, it's not, so it's not, it's not like you had to get in the ladder when it first came here to get tickets, which I thought you were going to have to. But at that time I thought it was only going to be here for like a month or two, not as long as it's been here a long time. I'm surprised by that, but I'm, I also think it's cool that it's still selling so many tickets. So it's neat. Yeah. It's, it's good that they're giving people a chance to see it. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's traveling all over the country. There's two touring companies and there's, I thought the one in San Francisco was permanent, but I guess you're saying it's closing up, but San Francisco and Chicago have had their own show for going on a couple of years. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well then let's, uh, let's move on to recommendations. You can go first. I had one in mind, but now it's slipping my mind. Okay. Well, it's still early oh. days for mine, but I will recommend Watchmen on HBO. Uh, there's only been two episodes as we record this. It has it awesome. almost nothing to do with the comic books. I mean, it. No, you can't say that. Incorrect. Yeah, that is but absolutely it's, incorrect. It's way different than the. It relies on the comic books. It relies yes. on the story that was told. So way, it's, way different though, and um, and it has a lot. Of, it has similarities. I mean, it's how, no, it's got stuff for sure. Like it's got the spaceship. It's got uh, it's got. Uh, 
Doctor God damn it, what's his name? Doc Manhattan. Doc Manhattan um is mentioned, hasn't hasn't shown up in person well, he, yet. Yeah, he's kinda of shown up in a way, but whatever. But it's also way different. It's more Westworldish, I feel like. Um just in that you're like, wait, what's going on? I you you want to keep watching to see like, Oh that who the fuck that, is Jeremy Irons? I don't know what the hell he's doing in it. Um Well you do now, right? Kind of, yes. Well, it's kind of still. It's still. There's a lot of mystery there. You don't, and I think it's kind of neat that you don't have to have read the comic book to, to like. There's more mysteries if you haven't. Yes, exactly. You can kind of keep up on things. But when you say it's not similar, I guess I hear your point. But I also think it's doing a good job of being similar in a way where Watchmen was looking at alternative universe, alternative like what would happen set in the 80s if all this stuff happened, and this is just building on that. And this is like what would have happened if all this stuff happened and then we're here. Yes. And I think it's better for that. Like if it was just a straight rendition of the comic book, well, we've seen that already. Right. And I mean, obviously that's not what they're trying to do. They're going 30 years past the events in the comic book. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's good. No. Yeah. That's my, that's my recommendation. I'm enjoying it. And I'll watch Regina King in anything. Basically. I don't know if I've seen her in anything else, but she's great in this. Yeah. Yeah. She's always great. Um, what do you got? I think I'll start. Oh, I have a bunch now that I think about it. I'll start by recommending a Netflix show with Paul Rudd called Living With Yourself, where he plays his own clone. And it's it's a, it's not really a comedy. It's kind of a science fiction investigation. Not investigation, but it's interesting. Have you seen it? Well, we have seen other? it, yeah. Did you like it? I thought it was all right. Um, Did you finish it? Yeah. Well, that's a, a sign of a thumbs up that you didn't just go through one episode. Yes, exactly. No, we watched the entire thing. So he's good in it, and the other actors are good, and it's a pretty interesting story. So I, I like that. And then my uh, second recommendation is going to be a new podcast with uh, what's her name, Jenna Fisher and Angela from The Office, where they go over each Office episode and give intricate details about each one. And it's what? Really fun. Oh and, shit! What's that called? Well, uh, it'll be easy to find with Jenna yeah, Fisher, I guess. The Office Ladies and Angela Kinsey, right? Her name, and it's, right? Yeah. it's just. Uh, it's a, a Earwolf. It's a Stitcher Premium show, so there's no ads if you have Stitcher Premium. If not, you just have to listen to ads. But it's really good. I'm really been enjoying their like they they're still passionate about the show, and it's like when I watched the show, it always felt like that they were friendly, like with each other in real life. But I, you know, that's that's kind of the vibe they want you to have. Who knows if it's true? But it seems like it's true the way they talk about their experience because they all started when they were pretty much no names and they were hanging out after the show and stuff. So it's it's really fun. It's they two episodes. The second episode had Rain Wilson as a guest. So yeah, that's oh, a, yeah. I I am going to subscribe. And well, that's another uh, recommendation for me. If you again, if you can afford it, uh, Stitcher Premium is very worthwhile. I think, and it's yeah, not. It's really not it's super expensive. It's yeah. I like it for skipping the ads, but there are some shows that you can only listen to there. Yeah. For well, a while, then they come out. It's mostly the ad thing for me, honestly. Yeah, but. I like I like that. I I didn't think I would care because I used to always just like take my player out and skip the ads, but it's nice not have to do that. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. The and and speaking of the office, uh, another this is like a I'll give another slight recommendation um, to the Jack Ryan show on Amazon Prime. Oh, you watched the second season? Or yeah, you... just and the reason it's a recommendation is because like. I can watch it and and like 
get involved with it, but not really care. Like it's a perfect, like yeah. kind of brain dead show where like, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is, I mean, it's fairly standard as far as like storytelling goes, but it's got action. But also like, if I never saw another episode, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so it's good for that when you're in that mode. Um, all right. And but... I guess last I have an anti recommendation because I've been obsessed with it all weekend. Cause it sucks. There's a, a website called Deadspin. Oh, yeah. Let's. I wanted to talk about this. Uh, first of all, I want to say kudos to them. But yes, go on with it. To the to the journalists, I mean. So uh, Deadspin was this, it was a sports related site where they would talk about a bunch of different stuff, but it was the basis style on sports and they, but they would talk about sports and they would talk about stuff related to sports and sometimes they would talk about nothing at all that had anything to do with sports. Anyway, it was well written. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, I'm not a sports guy at all. It was, mm-hmm. they were funny and good writers. Oh, they're great writers. Yeah. yeah. And the, uh, anyway, so the, the company's gone through a bunch of buyouts. It was, it was originally Gawker and Gawker got sued by right. Peter Thiel and Hulk Hogan. And they lost all their money. So they got sold to Univision. It was under them for a while. And then recently got bought off by a bunch of, uh, like equity fund, private equity people. And they've been, Crap, crapping over all the sites that closed down Splinter. And then finally, this past week, they put down an edict that said, stick to sports. Every single story has something to do with sports. There can't be any any food spin. There can't be anything like that. And then no politics, the, which they also did. Yeah, right. They can't they could have politics if it's somehow related to sports. Right. Like there's an, there's an article about Trump getting booted at the World Series. And that was supposedly fine. But anything other than that wasn't fine. So anyway, the first thing the editor-in-chief did after that edict came down from corporate was he put a bunch of old articles that had nothing to do with sports. Like the All annual, over the front page, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the annual What Got Stuck in My Rectum article that they would put every single Christmas time. And anyway. And Which these was immediately things, taken down. Not immediately, but like no, within was, a day, right? In a day, yeah. And he got a fired. He got, he got a fired. He got fired that day. And then, um, like, it took a couple days, but the entire staff quit over that over that like everybody and that was that's pretty that's that's why i said kudos like that that's you have to admire that these are people's livings and they're standing up for what they believe is right right and i mean it, it was not more than just what they believe in right the the way the corporate from my read i mean i wasn't there obviously but the way corporate fired this dude is like they cursed him out and said you're out get the f out of here which is not a cool way to treat someone in the former edit, he was he was the what's it called acting editor-in-chief and the former editor-in-chief megan greenwell also got fired from the same staff because of the same worries because she she was trying to insist upon editorial independence she didn't get fired she quit because of the way she was treated and so it was like it was a combination of things. It was like their ethics were being crapped on. And then the people that they people were, were working. Right. Were being treated were being unfairly. Treated yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, and I'm hoping that they all get together and start a new site because they were really no. good writers. That what? would be awesome. Where if they, they went to another site and were offered editorial independence, like the athletic or something, it, I would definitely pay for it. I was, I had this discussion earlier in the summer. I was like, is there any site whose writing you'd pay for? And that is one I would a million times pay for. And I think they have a, they have a fan following that they could create something that people would pay for, but who knows? It's, it takes a lot of money to run a site like that. Yeah. Yeah. Healthcare, that kind of thing. That's not easy. So no, definitely. But, yeah, they, but like, I mean, I've recommended the, the dude that you sent me his article, the, the Drew, Mc, Drew McGarry who writes every year, he writes these articles about each football team, why your team sucks. Right. And they're really funny, but 
I've recommended his novel called The Hike that I read, and it's good. And it's just his writing in general. He wrote for GQ for a while, and now he writes for something called Jen. I don't know what that is, but he's a great writer, and he was one of the guys that quit. And that was the other thing. It was like there are all these different stages of life of the people who quit. Like there's a couple like people in their young 20s, and there's guys in their 40s, and there's a guy in his, his 60s, and they all on en masse quit. So it was yeah, like, it's super admirable. And like I said, everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I – don't care about sports, but I would pay for dead spin if they did something yeah, with that. Yes. Even. And they, they really did do like their political articles were incisive and funny too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Roth, David Roth is one of the writers on the sites and his Trump stuff. The stuff he writes about Trump Great. is outstanding. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's it like goes places. The columnists refuse to go to for some reason, like gets to what a, what a weirdo Trump is. Yeah. But, like I guess people are too genteel to talk about it, but he's he truly is a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, no, I man, yeah, give it up so for gone. the writers of Deadspin and fuck the new management. That's what and we're then, saying. Yeah, and the the articles that have been put up since then are just so. There's one dude who I guess he was unaware. I don't I don't really know, but he he had a byline on an article and he got so inundated on on Twitter that he apologized and said I'm not working for them again, which was kind of cool that like he he saw the error of his ways pretty quickly yeah he didn't dig in like he didn't double down yeah right but anyway they've they've had some stuff up since then it's it's like a a, like a pale limitations like i'm not gonna even go to the site anymore yeah but anyway that's so that's my anti-recommendation all right yeah i'm with you um write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com pat will tell you the rest like us on facebook Rate us highly on iTunes and maybe write a review. But most importantly, tell your friends to listen. Listen to our lilting, mellifluous voices every week. Me, 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 me. Me, me, mamo. All right. Uh, until next time, then, we bid you goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.